Hello, and thank you for joining us on the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast, aimed at helping you live an active, healthy, and enjoyable life in and around Spokane, Washington. Brought to you by Gordon Physical Therapy. And now, here's your host, Dr. Luke Gordon. Hello, everybody. This is Luke Gordon. Uh, Thank you for joining me on the first ever full episode of the podcast here. So this is the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast and uh, super excited to have a special guest with me today. If you caught my first podcast, um, that was just a quick introductory, just me, you know, kind of telling you the background and the history, which again, just to reinforce that is um, every month I'm planning on bringing on a guest interviewee with me here who I've uh, known over the years and has good information to share about natural health. So for today, I've got um, actually my family naturopath, so, you know, full disclosure that, you know, you do um, you do work with me a little bit, um, who I've known for several years. So Dr. Lindsay Donahue, who's a naturopath, and it should be fun today just picking her brain about um, basically natural medicine in general, um, what it looks like compared to conventional medicine, um, what some of the misconceptions are. You know, um, I did verify that she's not you know, just, uh, you know, shaking sticks around and, you know, rolling in the mud and stuff like that. But I'll let her give you her own uh, opinions on that. So, and then towards the end, I'll ask her just to kind of share some, uh, some helpful tips that people can use just to, you know, again, stay active and healthy here around Spokane. So thank you again for joining me. I'm really excited to get going. And, um, Dr. Donahue, thank you for joining the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. Well, very good. So, uh, just want to start off the podcast with, uh, kind of picking your brain on your history a little bit. So how did you first get interested in natural medicine and start to steer in the direction of becoming a naturopath? Well, my mother was always very health oriented and same with my father. He was actually a marathon runner for years. And when we were, when I and my sisters were fairly young, I think I was in middle school um, we kept go to the doctor, the medical doctor, and we kept getting diagnosed with these ear infections. Although I never, I rarely had the ear pain, and we were on antibiotics a lot. Then my youngest sister started to develop asthma, and my mother decided that it was time to get a second opinion, try another path. And so we actually went to a DO, and it was fascinating. We changed our diet. I had a personally cut out dairy, which was very sad, (laughs) but it happens to most people. And we, I never had another ear infection diagnosed and um, health seemed to get a lot better. It was eye-opening. And after that, I loved natural medicine. Nice. How old were you at that point then? I was around 14 when I was exposed to that. So it's been a while now, most of my life. Yeah. And just for those folks who maybe don't know what a DO is, do you want to just explain what a DO is? A DO is Doctor of Osteopathy, and um, they are kind of like a car. Well, I'm a naturopath, so I never went to DO school. So I'm going to explain my version of a DO. Go ahead. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So uh, the DO was uh, kind of like a chiropractor, but he didn't do chiropractic. My understanding is other DOs. Um, we'll do a lot of physical medicine, um, but he did not. He probably kind of treated more like a, a naturopath might. In uh, That was in Texas. So natur- naturopathy doesn't exist in Texas. So he was probably as close to a naturopath as you'd get in Texas. Gotcha. Yeah. And we work with a fair amount of DOs here yeah. at the clinic. And it seems like in Spokane, the majority of them, they just function as 
um, you know, uh, basically primary care physicians. Right. Because they can basically do anything a primary care physician can do, right? So that's my understanding is, um, and I, I'm not a DO again, so, um, but DOs are kind of like naturopaths. They can practice in many different ways and forms. Some of them are very medical kind of doctor like oriented and other ones are more chiropractic and more are more um I've met some DOs who all they do is uh drugless, uh physical manipulations, physical treatments. Mm -hmm. So they're very different depending upon the individual. Yeah, they have kind of a wide variety of things they can do, it seems like. Some of them are just purely typical physicians. It seems like some of them will dabble in, like you said, more of the physical medicine doing things like adjustments, right. manipulations, right. Um, different, you know, hands-on right. stuff. And too. so I think the medicine just tends, even the practitioners and the medicine itself evolves um, over the years. Good deal. Yeah. Okay. So that was when you were about 14. About 14. You start to realize there's other options um, to things like ear infections and asthma yes. besides just medications. You mentioned starting to look at your diet. So where did you go at that point? So you're kind of a young teenager. Then what was your next uh, route? Well, um, then I went to college and, um, I ended up going to college in California and Cal Poly, um, California Polytechnic State University is the full name in San Luis Obispo, California. And in California, I was first exposed to a naturopathic doctor and he was a naturopathic doctor in acupuncture. And he did a lot of homeopathy and uh, nutrients and I... That was just amazing. I loved it. I thought it was fun going to the doctor. So <laughs> good. Yeah. So that was undergrad then. That was undergrad. So I studied um, biological sciences because I knew I wanted to go into health in some form. And um, actually, I first studied engineering, <laughs> and then I decided that I really want my heart was in health. So then I actually I did switch majors to biological sciences and graduated in that. Um, with the intent of going to naturopathic school. And so I applied to Portland, Oregon's uh, National College of Naturopathic Medicine, now Natural University of Natural Medicine. And I got in and it was four hard years, but it was great. It was great. Good deal. So, yeah. Okay, so then you get into medical school. Mm -hmm. Does that, uh, the, natural, the natural route for medical school, does it kind of parallel what a primary care physician would do in terms of having a certain amount of years in natural like um, college and then having to do residency, right. internship type stuff? So um, it is four years. And the first two years when I was a student, I know they switched it um, over the last couple of years to, uh, you know, because schools are continuously trying to improve. And um, when I was a student, the first two years were basic sciences. So histology, anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, um, and then the second two years really focus on clinical, where um, like IV therapy, um, all the like cardiology classes, gynecology classes, and all the associated labs. Um, after the second year of medical school, you, we have our basic science boards um, that summer, which you are expected to pass. Um, and then after graduation, we have our clinical boards, which are hopefully you pass. If you don't pass boards, you have to pass before you can be licensed in the state. Cool. So basically it's kind of an eight-year process. Then you four years yep. of undergrad and then four years of medical that school. That is correct. Good. And then you can, you can take your board exam and yep. be a naturopathic mm -hmm. doctor. And um, 
A lot of students who are able do do residencies or work under another doctor for a couple of years, kind of as a residency position. Um, I think they're moving towards mandatory. Some states require a mandatory uh, residency. Um, the difficulty is in there are more students than residency positions right now. So ho hopefully that'll change. I think it's a good idea. Okay. So yeah. maybe you could have a resident one of these days. Maybe I could. That would be great. I'd yeah. love a resident. <laughs> they could do some of the work for you. Yeah. Well, we need help. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good, good. So I wanted to talk to you more about, I think, the broad strokes of natural medicine. I think there's about a million and one um, topics we could discuss or rabbit holes we could go down. I think that's probably true. So we'll keep it pretty broad. Um, but um, overall, when you look at naturopathic medicine, and, you're, and we're talking about primary care for right. you because you're a primary care. Right. And I know a lot of naturopaths will kind of like mm -hmm. get into a specialty. Right. Um, but your primary care. Mm -hmm. So what would you say is the biggest difference between what you do and how you interact with your clients versus um, a more conventional primary right. care physician? So um, as a naturopath, we don't like to conform all the time. We all have our different ideas and um, we like to spend a lot of time with our patients. That's one of the major differences um, that's important to most naturopaths um, to really understand what the person's going through and how we can help them. Yeah. So that lets us, some people say you're the first doctor that listens. Well, we also allow time to listen and to hear. Okay. So time is the biggest difference. Time what, is a big difference. So what would that look like then if, uh, if you had someone coming to you and let's say they're like a new patient, is that a certain amount of time that you'll spend with a new patient? So usually with a new patient, most new patients we can, or I can see within an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. I do function as primary care, annual exam, um, very, you know, uh, some well child care visits, and then other patients um, more as, I'm still primary care, but kind of more as a specialist for uh, thyroid. Um, often naturopaths look at thyroid a little more broadly than than other physicians, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. You can say it. It's all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> People have their own opinions. I think it's okay. I think it's good. Um, and I would say one of the bigger complaints that I get from people that I talk to, you know, I'm a physical therapist, right. so we talk mm -hmm. to a lot of patients, right. is that it seems like nowadays, um, yeah, time is definitely an issue. Right. You've got, let's say, 10 minutes, 15 at best. The other thing I hear a lot of times, too, mm -hmm. is, okay, what one problem are we going to talk right. about today? Um, so like you said, it could be a thyroid issue. It could be a sore shoulder. Right. It could be a sinus infection. It could be, you know, any right. of like 30, let's right. say, common things. Um, and one of the complaints I'll hear from our patients said, well, actually, I have three complaints today. Right. Okay. Well, what are you going to do with three complaints? Right. Is that three? Is it three separate visits? Oh. Um, and so I think to me, that's one of the differences between that model and a natural model right. model where you're saying, well, you are a complete individual. Those three complaints may be separate issues or they may be symptoms of an underlying problem that's affecting all three. Yes. So is that, am I putting words in your mouth or no, is that that's kind of really, I, um, for quick acute, you know, I have a sinus infection. Yeah. One, one issue. Great. I have a UTI. Great. One issue. But a lot of people just feel kind of crummy. They don't feel good. They've got poor sleep. They've got poor energy. They're gaining weight. 
that isn't that that's a huge issue and it affects everybody's system and i that requires a lot of questions and a, sometimes testing sometimes not testing but it requires me to ask more questions and try to i try to really come up with a good treatment plan worth trying to at least try to settle you know maybe get the sleep mm-hmm. maybe alter the diet or counsel on the diet so they're able to lose weight um yeah yeah and that probably is a bigger difference to the the type of advice you're giving right yes because people are saying i've got i just don't feel well which ultimately to me could mm-hmm. could say well now i have back pain right okay so we're going to segment off your back pain and your PT or your chiropractor or massage or whoever is going to treat your back pain. Mm-hmm. But you might step back and say, well, the back pain is a symptom of poor sleep, poor diet, lack of exercise, yada, yada. I mean, the list yeah. goes on. Our work right? environment, some desks are not ergonomically sure. set up. Yeah. yeah. So you might dive a little deeper and say, okay, right. well, what's the underlying cause as mm-hmm. opposed to like, oh, you got back pain. That's great. I know a great PT. Check mm-hmm. out my box. Yeah. See you later. You know, so to some extent, your job is a little bit harder than, I mean, maybe not yeah. harder, yeah. but it's just a different approach. I, yes, sometimes some, some, uh, complaints or some, uh, conditions are really, in my opinion, challenging. Um, a lot of patients have been to a lot of doctors. They've been suffering a long time and I have to be creative. What is going on? Where do I look? What do I rule out? What do I do? They've seen seven doctors and hopefully I can help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it'd be easy. <clears throat> you you got some pain, take a pill. Yeah. And I feel like, and I can't, I feel like that's not where I come in. Yeah. I'm supposed to try to figure out why they've got the pain and what we can do to solve it or where we can send them to solve it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I, um, as a side note, I mean, I have my own uh, soapboxes, I like to call them, and my own little preachings. And one of my preachings as a PT is that we're not here to treat pain. Like we're here to find out what's causing it and we're going to figure out the underlying root cause and we'll take care of that. Pain relief in and of itself isn't that valuable to anybody. Right. Um, it doesn't really get you that far. And if you just want a pain relief, you could take a hydrocodone or something. Um, I mean, that's fine. Go ahead. You know. Well, <laughs> I've had several people say it doesn't get rid of pain. It just makes you loopy. Well, that, that too. And then, of course, you get, you get um, yeah. your yeah. body gets used to it and you yeah, accommodate and then you get into dependency, which right. is another topic for another day. That is. Um, but, and I think you touched on another point that I wanted to mention is that, uh, the frustration that a lot of people feel nowadays, um, at being kind of farmed out to different specialists. Right. And I think in our medical model, it makes sense to have a specialist, it does. like a doctor who yeah. really knows their business in gastrointestinal things or, um, you know, any of the other specialists. And obviously mm-hmm. if you go like to see a surgeon, mm-hmm. you want someone who specializes mm-hmm. in your type of surgery. Right. So there's a time and a place for that. But I think the people that really get frustrated mm-hmm. are the ones that say, well, I've been seen by five or mm-hmm. six specialists. Mm-hmm. They each just know what they know about mm-hmm. what they know. And there's no one who can kind of put the pieces together. Right. So, and I think to some extent in my mind, that's, that's you. Like you have to put the pieces together and you have to refer to a yeah. specialist when you need I, to. But, but you've got to you've got yeah. to see the bigger picture. I 
I love specialists, I have to say, because sometimes I want to know, like for gastrointestinal, is there damage to the tissue? You know, do we actually need to take drugs for a period of time while we do heal? Um, but when it comes down to it, once we have a diagnosis and the extent of the tissue damage, now how do we put it all together so they feel good and heal and thrive? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So again, you're the one who can see the big picture. And to some extent, yeah. that probably makes the specialist's life a little easier too, because then they can tell you exactly what you're asking. Yes. That's what they're good at. Yeah. They're not going to go and say, well, actually, what I want to do as a GI mm -hmm. specialist is really figure out mm -hmm. if this person sleeps well and eats right. well and does that. Like, they're not going to do that. They, <laughs> I don't think they have time to do that. No, and that's not their, <laughs> yeah. that's not their view of things. Yeah. Good deal. So, um, so the patients that you see then, um, I mean, are you, are you just getting a lot of those patients who are just really frustrated or are you getting folks that are already kind of like more like you were when you were 14 who are already interested in natural medicine or who's the average patient calling you and asking for your help? Well, I think because we're in Washington state and naturopathic doctors have uh, kind of been in the Northwest for so long um, and people have heard of them and are open to them. I believe a, not everyone is, you know, completely into health. People who are looking for other answers or maybe a friend's recommended, maybe trying a naturopath. Um, so I get to see a lot of people with a lot of different ideas about what they want for their health and how they want my role to be. And to me, that's important. My, I feel like my role is to help the person where they desire that help. That's a, that's a good point, I think. Yeah. And that's, um, yeah, because like you mentioned, you mentioned dairy-free. Yes. Which I imagine um, some people listening may have gone, oh, we're not going there today. Like, I don't need to hear about not eating, you know, uh, the delicious cheese and milk. Yeah. And if this yeah. podcast is going to be about, you know, Luke and Dr. Donahue yeah. telling me to not do dairy, then we might as well turn it off right now. So, um, so you, like you said, yeah. you meet people where they are. You meet people where they are. And I, I believe in healthy food. I believe in, um, food with nutritive value. I, um, I believe in food that doesn't have a lot of chemicals on it. Cause we do eat those chemicals. I believe in food that is humanely raised, um, because, Tortured animals do have different hormones that affect them, and you are eating that. Um, and how do you study that, anyways? How does research study that? Mm. There's no research done on, you know, animals and how it affects their meat and the person consuming it. Yeah. So there's a lot we kind of don't know. Um, but I think it's good to be gentle to each other and to animals and to the planet. Yeah, so. good. And again, if you get a new patient and yeah. And again, let's say it's it's one of the more frustrated, right. overwhelmed ones. Mm -hmm. And um, I would imagine that first visit isn't like, hey, glad you come in. We're changing your diet. We're changing this. We're changing that. We're changing that. You kind of have to get a, probably a pulse on what they need that first visit, which in my opinion, sometimes it might just be they just need someone to sit down and listen. I think that's completely true. People, sometimes they don't feel heard. And I believe in order to heal, in order to um, believe a doctor is working with you. You have to believe the doctor hears you. I, when I go to a doctor, I want the doctor to take why the, the reason I'm there into consideration. 
Yeah. Yeah. Which I imagine that patient again is different than the patient who shows up on your doorstep and says, Hey, I'm really into natural medicine already. I just want to find, and that's kind of who I was. Yeah. I really, I'm into it. I'm yeah. doing this. I'm doing this. I need your knowledge to help me fine tune. Right. This person is saying, maybe I've been let down. Right. I'm not, I don't have a warm and fuzzy feeling yet. And if you try to offer anything too quickly, you don't have that foundation, the rapport and stuff. And people get, people are very interesting. Some people, they want that strict diet and they're going to do it. And other people, they'll maybe think about making one change. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. And so it's, um, it, I think it's fun to work with all the different people. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to, it's an intuitive process. It is. And sometimes I just have them tell me if I can't figure it out. I'm like, what are you looking for today? Yeah. How can yeah. I help you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In case some people you can, you can hear without yeah. asking, but sometimes yeah. I have to ask. Yeah. I just need you to tell me what to do. Today. Yeah. Where, right. where, where would you like to start? Yeah. Good, good. So, um, and I do want to get, you know, later yeah. in the podcast, yep. I do want to get, um, like you said, some of your ideals, uh, and basically touch on maybe some some simple tips and points that people could just do at home right yeah. now. That's oh, yeah. part of the podcast saying, okay, well, yeah. you know, what's some information people could just take and run with, Yeah, you know? So we'll get into some of those like basic stuff right. they can do. And if they're just looking for like, okay, here's some really simple things just to kind of ease your way into it. Right. And here's maybe some more strategic things. Yeah. So, so cool. Um, but one of the big questions I wanted to ask you then is uh, you mentioned, you know, the Northwest, maybe folks are a little more familiar with natural medicine, but when it comes to natural medicine in general, do you think there's, are there like two or three common misconceptions about a naturopathic doctor, what you do and what you don't do for people? Right. Um, Let's see, common misconceptions. Um, well, one of, uh, so naturopathic, the profession is very eclectic. Everyone has different ideas. So different naturopathic doctors might be very different in the way they practice. So some naturopathic doctors um, kind of walk a more middle ground. I'd probably consider myself there where I love the natural I love the diet changes. I love the lifestyle changes. I love the homeopathy, the botanicals, the nutrients. I really love the nutrients. And, um, but I will use hormones. Um, I will, um, and I will use uh, pharmaceuticals that I'm allowed to prescribe in Washington if needed. Um, Cause I, I try to remove myself, my ego and really help the person. So, um, I do believe there maybe are some naturopaths that will not do that and other naturopaths that this is what they do. So just like patients are all different, naturopathic doctors are people and we're kind of different too. Gotcha. Go was, ahead. Was that a good? Yeah, go ahead um, if you have more. Another misconception about my profession. Um, I don't, I'm kind of sheltered here in Washington state. I feel like, it's a great place to practice naturopathic medicine. Got it good, huh? I've got it great. I've got it better than a lot of other states. That's good. Yeah. Well, that was, I think, the only yeah. big misconception I could yeah. think of off the top yeah. of my head was like, oh, well, if I have an infection, right. they're not going to prescribe antibiotics because right. they're a naturopath. They don't right. believe in antibiotics. Right. I love that term. Oh, no. You don't no. believe in them. <laughs> you don't believe in them. Believe in them you but, do believe in them. Yeah. You just try to – the goal is to prevent antibiotic – overuse and resistance and use them in a, in a very uh, safe 
and reasonable manner. Good. Yeah. So it's more just, yeah, everything. Yeah. Those are just tools at your disposal. Tools. Like you said, you're allowed to prescribe um, any type of pharmaceutical you want to, basically. Um, well, in the state of Washington, we don't do um, DEA-scheduled drugs, okay. DEA, except for testosterone. We're allowed to prescribe testosterone. Mm. And we're not allowed to prescribe chemotherapy, therapeutic drugs, okay. which I have no, you know, you'd want an oncologist to oversee you closely anyway. Yeah. So. And when you say those DEA Schedule 3, yep. you're talking about like Hydrocodone, the narcotics, narcotics exactly. opioids, yes. Which that's kind of on the state level. That's moving away from even the primary care doctors over towards the pain management doctors yep. anyways. Yep. Because they don't want... Right. Yeah, that's an interesting kind of statewide movement. Which it is. I, I probably think, makes sense yeah. overall. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, good. Let me see. We'll go down my list here. Um we kind of already got into, um, you know, your typical patient, how they find you and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like there's kind of those two main options, people mm -hmm. who are already kind of into natural health yes. looking for you and folks that are just willing to do something out of the normal and crazy, like see a natural. I know. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Does that pretty much sum up that the, pretty, yeah, people, the two types of patients? Yeah. People who have seen a naturopath before, they resonate with the natural therapies and they want to see you. And then the other people who aren't closed off to it, but maybe a friend or um, uh, a family member had a good experience and they're interested in, in recommending you to their loved ones and cared for ones. Those mm -hmm. good word of mouth referrals. Yep. Good, good. So let's go then into maybe some practical advice. And um, you've mentioned nutrition a little bit, nutrients. Um, what do you think, I guess, just for someone listening who says, hey, I'm receptive to this, or maybe I'll be receptive to it tomorrow or the mm -hmm. next day. So let me just let me just see what are some good places to start with, um, and maybe let's just kind of narrow it down to the person who just feels kind of crummy, like right. you said. So right. if you're just kind of feeling crummy, you know, mm -hmm. you're talking like lack of energy, yeah. don't feel rested in the morning, maybe things like fatigue, right. some chronic pain. We could throw in that buzzword fibromyalgia right. type stuff, yes. yeah. uh, joint pain. Right. So if they just say, well, gosh. What uh, what could I do just to maybe see a, a positive impact today? What would you say there? One of the most amazing things people can do is get enough sleep. People don't get enough sleep. Most people are sleep deprived. Um, six hours of sleep per, per night is for the majority of people, that's sleep deprivation. When you're sleep deprived, your hormones are going to be off. You're going to gain weight. Um, you're going to be hungry all day. Um the brain doesn't work as well. That can contribute to people who say, oh, I, I just can't think. Well, mm -hmm. the brain needs sleep to, to be able to create really good memories. Um, also, lack of sleep will make you feel like the pain's even worse if you're in pain. So I think sleep is by far the most important. There's actually a really good book out there. It's a national bestseller called Why We Sleep written by Matthew Walker. He's a PhD sleep researcher, and it's a great book. I'd highly recommend it. I enjoy reading it myself. Why We Sleep. Okay. Why We Sleep. That's interesting. So this is a mm -hmm. this is a fun topic. So I sleep a lot. I try to. <laughs> and I have an autoimmune yes. history, so I feel like um, I feel like that might be part of it. Yeah. But I'm if I don't get like a solid nine hours, yep. like I really don't feel that great. I mean, In I've yeah. I can fake it till I make it at work, right. uh, but then I get off work and I go home 
and like six o'clock rolls around. If I put a little yeah. food in my stomach, like, I'm ready to go to bed with the kids. Sleep. <laughs> so I think sleep's medicine. Um, I think I read a statistic back in 1910, the average adult got nine hours of sleep. So the eight wow. to nine hours of sleep, that is normal. That's what we need. So this five to six hours, um, which we are, I guess, patting ourselves on the back for that we were able to get that six hours of sleep or that we don't need sleep because the research in that book actually shows that the more sleep deprived you are, you don't realize it and you think that's normal. Oh. It's a really eye-opening book. So sleep, that. if you can change one thing, I would allow yourself to be in bed for that mm -hmm. eight to nine hours. Okay. Yeah. W would this kind of bleed over then into, um, I'll do my air quotations yep. here for the listeners, sleep hygiene? Yes. Because people yes. say, let's take someone who says, well, that sounds great, but I'll lay in bed for two hours mm -hmm. and I can't fall asleep. And then I feel worse the next day because then I overslept. So what would you say to the person who says, that sounds great? but it's outside of my scope of reality at this point. I don't think I can sleep that long or I could go lay in bed at nine o'clock, but I'm just yeah. going to lay there. So what's the deal so, there? Um, so why we sleep goes, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a book. So it, he goes into why sleep's important sleep in all, worms have sleep cycles basically. Mm -hmm. And um, even if you don't sleep for the eight to nine hours, um, just allowing, allowing your body to have that, like setting, making it apart. So you're in bed and you get up eight mm -hmm. hours later. Of course, if you, you're up in the middle of the night, you don't have to lie in bed the whole time. Yeah. And sleep, he does talk about how sleep does change. Um, sleep, um, in your elderly years is very different from sleep in your youth. Uh, people sleep shorter periods and more frequently they, the, a afternoon nap is actually normal. Okay. So yeah. they talk about ways to get extra yeah. sleep as you're getting yeah. older. And, and they talk, like that. yeah, and they talk about the melatonin, you know, um, blue light everywhere, fluorescent, uh, mm -hmm. computers, TVs, uh, blue light will make it harder to sleep because it does shut down melatonin. Yeah. Well, again, going back to like sleep mm -hmm. hygiene, like I've, I mean, I've come across it several times mm -hmm. and it's like, you know, turn off your devices yeah. at least an hour. And I, you know, the people that tell me, oh, I fall asleep to the TV. It's like, yeah. Ooh. To me, it's yeah. like from what I've read is that you're really, you're changing your brain waves yeah. and then you're making it more difficult yeah. to have good sleep. So that, you know, the tip was right. always, well, turn the devices mm -hmm. off an hour before. Mm -hmm. And you're like on my iPhone, you can turn on the nightlight type setting. Yeah. I know you're not as tech savvy and I'm not really either, but I do know yeah. that one. Yeah. So you can change it from like a yeah. blue light to an amber light. Yeah. Another interesting uh, little bit about sleep is we we're caffeinated up here in the Northwest. We like our coffee and that's not necessarily a problem, but caffeine takes a long time to be fully metabolized until it's out of the body. So that 11 AM noon, 1 PM coffee, that actually might be the issue for some people. And it seems like, well, I don't go to sleep till eight, nine, 10, 11, but sometimes that afternoon cup of coffee can be a problem and people don't realize it. That's an interesting point. I um, <laughs> I try to work out once in a while. Yeah. You know, they say mm -hmm. that's good for you. Yeah. Um, and this last Monday, I play basketball on Monday right. night and nice. I was just a little lethargic. I feel like mm -hmm. I needed a, a few calories and I yeah. put like a lot of fat in my coffee because nice. I like mm -hmm. the high yeah. fat stuff. And I think I drank that cup at like three o'clock in the mm -hmm. afternoon which is unusual for yeah. me. And I went to bed and I just laid there yeah. and I'm thinking, well, Hey, it's, 
It's nine o'clock. I mean, that was six hours ago. And that I and I bet that was the coffee. I'm pretty sure that's what did it. And and people will be like, well, I had decaf. Oh. But decaf is not no calf. There's low caffeine in decaf. So if you have three cups of decaf, that is a full cup of coffee. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. The other mistake I made the other yeah. night is I had an entire bar of dark chocolate before oh, bed. That's caffeine too. And, I, and then I and then I laid there for like and again yeah. I'm a pretty good yeah. sleeper. Usually at nine o'clock I'm out. Yeah. I laid there for like two hours and I was like, "What is going on? My mind was just racing." And I was like, "Oh," and it was dark chocolate, yep. so oh, it's yeah. solid yeah. chocolate. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, I just ate that entire bar." So, oh, that's um, easy to do, though. <laughs> even at 36 years old, I feel yeah. like I've got a few lessons to learn. Well, here, I do, too. And, you know, we all do it. You know, I'll attend a wedding, and they'll have coffee there, and I'll say, well, why not? Yeah. And then I have a hard time falling to sleep. Normally. Yeah. And, you know, that's why. But, yeah. at, but at least you know. You know, that's why, and you can, we can... Hopefully we don't do that every night. Good deal. Yeah. And for me doing it on a Monday night, it's like, oh, good job. You just threw off your whole week. You know, oh, I got, I got work. I got, you know. I got two kids. I got this, yeah. but anyways. Yeah. Okay. So sleep is an awesome yeah. place for people to start. And it's free. Get it. And it's free. It's free. That's a good point. It's free. Okay. If we could figure out a charge for that though, that'd be nice. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're funny. Okay. Um, yeah. Start selling pillows. That's yeah. what we could do. Oh, there you go. Okay. That's another topic. Yeah. Um, That'll be episode three, <laughs> buy pillows from uh, Luke and Dr. Donahue. Okay, yeah. uh, so sleep is a great place to start. Um, do you have any other like go-tos for people who are, again, looking for just easy ways to kind of ease their yeah. way into natural medicine? So uh, I like really simple things. Uh, vegetables, I love vegetables. People say, I don't like vegetables. I think if we change how we think about vegetables, for those who don't, indulge in vegetables to instead of I don't like them into I'm going to explore them. I'm going to go on kind of a culinary adventure. You know, it's fun. Vegetables are fun. They're, um, there are ways to change them, dress them up, uh, different ways of cooking them. I once made Brussels sprouts, um, when we had friends over for dinner and it wasn't out of the goodness of my heart. It was greed. I was like, Nobody likes Brussels sprouts. I'm going to get this whole thing of Brussels sprouts because I like Brussels sprouts. I couldn't believe it. I uh, They were gone. I didn't get any. Oh, man. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, p- p- I think people like people like food. Um, sometimes it's just learning how to prepare it. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea is get these foods yeah. and make them taste good. Right. Or explore them, you know, and I've screwed up Brussels sprouts before. Mm -hmm. I had the brilliant idea of throwing them into kind of a stew Mm because I didn't, they were sulfuric. They were horrible. My husband, that was like uh, early on in my marriage. And to this day, every now and then he mentions the ruined stew (laughs) (laughs) with the, because I really destroyed that that yeah. meal. <laughs> yeah. So you know, but it was an adventure. I was exploring it. Sometimes you lose. I like that term, yeah. the the culinary adventure. I love culinary you can spin adventures. Spin it that way. Yes. Say, okay, this is an adventure. Yes. Yeah. When yeah. we first started changing our diet, my wife and I, yeah. I remember um, at times we were getting very frustrated. Uh, because we'd have to throw away food. Right, Because sometimes right. you just mess it up beyond you repair. Mess, I've messed it up. And, you know, we're not big into throwing away no. things we, we paid money for. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the other tip yeah. that I ran into back then, because we were kind of transitioning to paleo. Yes. We won't get into the details today, yeah. but you have your your current recipes. They've right. been handed down from generation to generation. 
You can do them in your sleep. You're comfortable. Yep. You're in your comfort zone, which is a dangerous place to be. Another soapbox. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, but, and then you take that recipe and you try to convert it to like a healthier version. And let's say you're substituting mm-hmm. this for that and you're substituting this type of flour for that type mm-hmm. of flour and it does not work. Like you, so a lot of times I think a good tip is don't take your favorite recipe and try to modify it because you just have to find a new recipe. Yeah. Like just start from scratch. Yeah. I've, you know, I consider myself a, a fairly good cook and I have destroyed a bread. I made that stew, which my husband does not like throwing things out. And he was very not happy about <laughs> this stew, but it, I thought it was not, not palatable. And he agreed. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, sometimes you ruin it. Yeah. But good. yeah, it happens. Yeah, it happens. Okay. So if you're going to pursue more vegetables, mm-hmm. Go in with the open mind, find yeah. a new recipe, and if yeah. you mess it up beyond repair, then hopefully you'd feel okay with just throwing it all away. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> or if you got dogs, did the, would the dogs eat it, or did they, um, did they put their nose? Oh, up too? I we didn't have dogs. Okay. We just it was sad, but okay. that's the way it goes. It happens. Yeah. Okay, so two easy ways to start: get more sleep, and then more vegetables. And I, I think the vegetables, to me, what I look at when I think of eating more vegetables yeah. is um, instead of looking at food just as a way to control your weight, right? which is how a lot of people look at food. Right. And I think that's a really big mistake I people think... make. Look at food in terms of nutrient density. Right. Like what is your body actually getting right. from the Brussels sprouts, from the, from the lettuce, right. from the broccoli, from any of these things? Right. And how are you actually helping your body right. thrive, right? Right. I, yes, I think, you know, we are... We are based on nutrients. We're based off our biochemistry, and we need the nutrients in the food. We need the protein. Uh, some people don't get enough protein, and they feel depressed. Some people don't get enough B vitamins, and you know they feel you know pain. So I think um, I think I really like food as a culinary adventure and nutrients. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And when you come to those like nutrient deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Um, Part of what confuses yeah. me is not knowing. I mean, I agree with you. Let's get a diverse range of mm-hmm. all of these foods. Mm-hmm. Um, but even to me, sometimes even if you do a good job mm-hmm. and you take a, a pretty high quality right. multivitamin, it's possible that based on your chemistry mm-hmm. or lack of exposure to a certain nutrient that mm-hmm. you're still not getting enough of, let's say, one mm-hmm. or two or three or four. So how do you how do you dive into that mm-hmm. then if you say, well, okay, you're doing well, but you're still having these problems. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could be a nutrient deficiency. Mm-hmm. Are there good ways to figure yeah. that out? Well, kind of off topic, but sometimes I think medicine is looking at nutrient deficiency. Do you have scurvy? No. Sure. Very few people have scurvy. Very few people have rickets, but you can still be suboptimal levels. And I, you know, that's semantics and I don't, but some people are, are up in that. I'm okay with deficient. I believe that, um, stress, like a sleep, you know, different things that we have to kind of deal with. If you're running a marathon, you might need more protein, might need more salt than someone who's not. If you're under huge amounts of stress, you might need more B vitamins and magnesium and vitamin C and vitamin E than somebody who's on vacation. So I think nutrient needs can change on a day-to-day basis too, that we don't even think about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, and you mentioned the other yeah. key word maybe that we should talk about just yeah. briefly, is, which is stress. Stress. So, you know, yes. free advice for people listening, get more sleep, get more sleep. eat more vegetables, eat and more hopefully vegetables. a diverse range, mm-hmm. and hopefully not vegetables that have 
you know, been sprayed with a right. lot of pesticides right. and stuff. And on that environmental working group has the clean 15 dirty dozen, mm, yeah. which is a great resource for people who, um, are budgeting Yeah, because the clean 15 are conventionally grown fruits and vegetables that are actually low pesticide residue versus the dirty dozen, which have a really high pesticide residue. And you really either not, you don't want to eat them or you want to eat them organic. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people say, well, I would love to eat more organic. Mm -hmm. And I think um, the biggest reason you would want to eat organic mm -hmm. is again, because you have less exposure to pesticides mm -hmm. and chemical fertilizers. Um, but you say, okay, it is expensive. We can be artificially mm -hmm. expensive. Sometimes. Sometimes. Anyways. Um, but like you said, there's mm -hmm. that clean 15, which you've got things on there. I think the top couple ones, you've got like avocados on yeah, there. Yeah, and onion is, I think, usually making that list. Pineapples, mm -hmm. things with, yeah. And so those are ones to say, hey, mm -hmm. well, if you're right. trying to just, you know, ease into this and make it affordable, right. yeah, those are ones. Then the dirty dozen, like uh, you mentioned. Strawberries, usually. Strawberries, grapes. I think yep. apples are on there. I think apples. So if you're going to, yeah. you know, splurge and spend the extra mm -hmm. money, those are the ones you might want right. to key into. Or grow it at home. If yeah. you can't, it's Washington state. That's true. Grow your own apples, right? <laughs> you can go like for a walk yeah. in your neighborhood and you just, you have like one or two or three yeah. neighbors, depending on how far you walk, yeah. that have like a massive apple yeah. tree. We, we have people who have like little orchards. Yeah. yeah but I, I mean, even I live in Millwood and it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. we'll have, I'll go by and or it's yeah. a massive plum tree. Yeah. And then you go by and all the fruit is just sitting on the ground rotting. Yeah. And you're like, man, yeah. I could have picked that up. Yeah. I could have delivered apples to half the yeah, neighborhood yeah. and you know that the person isn't spraying it. Cause why would they, you know, well, it costs money though. to spray. I, we have neighbors who spray. Well, you knock on the door and you ask them, then. you say, okay, <laughs> did you spray these? Yeah. And can I take them? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's usually good. I usually try to not yeah. just take them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's like, sometimes I feel like there's actually, there's pretty high quality food yeah. that's already around there is. and it's just not even being eaten. Especially strawberries. Strawberries are fun to grow too. Oh yeah. And they're yeah. easy to grow. They're easy to grow. And they... Yeah, yeah. And you, the ground cover. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Good. So we've got then for for good advice for yeah. people at home, um, get more sleep at the very least, you know, just start to lay in bed longer mm -hmm. and see if your mm -hmm. body will allow it. Mm -hmm. And then the vegetables, you mentioned the clean 15 and the dirty dozen, which is a quick Google search for the yeah. for those people who haven't seen it yet. And then um stress is a gigantic topic. Um, which I think a lot of things feed into that. Mm -hmm. Um, but do you want to just go into um, I guess your thoughts on it and if there's things that people can do or should do. So people think a lot of times that, oh, I'm stressed out. I come home, I watch TV, I de-stress. Um, often de-stressing is, is an active activity and not an inactive activity. So um, stress, you know, it might feel good to watch the TV or watch a movie, but I think we should reframe it and that's not stress relief. Um, the way uh, studies suggest. So stress relief is uh, like exercise, walking, jogging, swimming, yoga, um, pets. Pets are great stress relief, spending time with family. Um, it, it's active activity, reading. What if you have cats and you don't, you're not particularly fond of cats? Uh-oh. Do you know well, anyone like I that? I like cats. Okay. So is my wife. <laughs> okay. They're fun to pet. Okay. When they're not hissing at me. No, my cats are actually pretty nice. Oh, are they? I think I'm just, you know, the quote unquote dog person. Oh, uh oh. But uh, <laughs> that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Um, you know, animals, people can yeah. really get a lot of yeah. potential benefit yeah. from the animal, especially if it 
encourages them to get out and walk. Yeah. Dogs are great. You know, lots of people have dogs. You can walk the dog. Yeah. yeah. And being in the Northwest, I like to think we've got, I mean, so many good options when it comes to getting outside. We do. Um, although as we're recording this, you know, we're kind of in the thick of the winter. It's February. We finally got that snow. Yeah. And a lot of people, and I think if as they're getting a little older, are saying, well, I can't yeah. go outside in the yeah. snow. It, don't slip and fall. Careful. Yeah. Careful in the snow. Yeah. But even still, I think it's, I, I still encourage them, well, you've got to get out. You've got to like, get out. Get the natural light. Yeah. Um, we're sitting in a room with fluorescence yep. on us, which uh, I should have turned off. No, it, I have the same problem. Now we've got them off. Our eyes will adjust in a minute here. Yep. Um, but yeah, so getting outside and getting that, I think... Um, is good. That's an interesting perspective too. I've never framed it that way. Like stress relief is an active process. Yeah. It's not just sitting it's and relaxing. It's not just sitting. It's, yeah. Well, you, you can be sitting and relaxing, but usually with others, with a book, it's not just watching TV. Yeah. Um, on that note, there's another really good book out there that talks about that a little bit, but it also talks a lot about weight and it's called The Obesity Code. Have the you obesity, heard of that? I've heard of that one. It's by Jason... I think his name is Jason Fung. He's a PhD. He's actually a nephrologist. It's an interesting book. The Obesity Code. Yeah. And nephrologist, that's, so it's a kidney doc. Yeah, that's a kidney doc. Okay. Yeah, it's a good book. Cool. Very good. Okay. Well, we might be yeah. getting to the point of information overload for yep. some people. So uh, okay. I've got all my fun questions to ask good. you in just a minute here. Um, uh, but again, there's. it sounds like... You know, we could circle back in a few months and do yeah. another episode about more specific advice with in terms of like diet and nutrition. But mm -hmm. hopefully for some people, this is a good starting place, yeah. you know, just to ease into it before um, going too in depth. So let's let's leave off then with some fun questions. I know this first one is going to be tough for you, um, but do you have a favorite book that you've read, just a favorite book of all time oh. or a favorite book recently? I so for fun book. I love uh, The Bridge to Andow. Oh, I forgot the name of the author, though. Um, James Mitchler, something like that. He's a well-known author. He's written many books. Okay. And it's about the um, the Hungarian Revolution in oh. Budapest. It's a great book. The Bridge to... The Bridge to... I think it's pronounced Andow. Andu, Andow. Like A-N-D-O-U? A-N-D-E-A-U, I think. E-A-U, Okay. It's a, it's a, I, I like books. I like historical, like historical. I like real, you know, I, I like fiction, but I really love nonfiction. Okay. So is it That's more of like a historical book? It's a historical, I think they call it fiction, but it's, it's nonfiction. Kind of like a Ken Follett book would be? Probably. Maybe Ken Follett at all? No, I don't. Historical but fiction? But I am intrigued. Oh, he's good. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the bridge to Andal. Yeah. So that's the, that's the, probably the, uh, Fun book. Okay. And a Although good there's too. a lot of death in it, so I don't know why it's fun. It's <laughs> interesting. Actually, it's about a war. Um, and then and then I really like the obesity code for health right now, the obesity code and why we sleep. Okay. I think awesome. they're enlightening. Okay. And I'll put all this stuff yeah. in the show notes. Great. Um, as I mentioned earlier, and like you, I'm not tech savvy, yeah. um, but apparently on podcasts, <laughs> there are things called show notes. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> The guy that helps me produce this, I'm asking him, like, what? Like, there's a description of the episode. It's like, yep. what's a show note? And so this is where I can put all these details. Apparently. So I'm scribbling great. down all these notes I so, I can, so I can help people. Yeah. Um, so if you're listening to podcasts and you're somewhat not savvy like like me and Dr. Donahue, yeah. I'll, I'll put this stuff in the notes. 
So bridge to Andow. Mm -hmm. Good. Okay. So next fun question. Um, favorite food and or restaurant? I, one of my professors said, nobody's comfort food food is a salad. You know, that's just, but I have to slightly disagree. I love salad. I just think it's amazing. If you make a good salad, it, it just, is amazing. Um, so that's probably one of my favorite foods. I try to have a daily salad or at least daily um, vegetables uh, in this weather possibly cooked. And my favorite restaurant in town, I have to admit, I love Ruins. Have you been to Ruins? No. It's on Monroe. Ruins. Ruins. That is a good place to find a culinary adventure. Oh, cool. Yeah. I've never even heard of Ruins. And I also like the Wandering Table and have you heard of that? That's Kendall Yards, That's Kendall right? Yards. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, there are quite a few really good restaurants. We've got good restaurants in Spokane. Awesome. I think of Sante once in oh, a while, Sante. too, for like local... Yeah, I, I think they might be closing. Oh, okay. I hope that's well, not, if you like Sante... I hope I'm not starting a rumor. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say, as an aside, yeah. um, and I haven't you know gotten into my diet, which is right. fine. I'm sure I'll tell people about yeah. it later, but... It, Sometimes it's kind of just a hassle to go out for us. You know, we've yeah. got two, we have two kids too, though. Yep. Uh, yeah. So sometimes it's like, you know, yeah. the best meal for us is like, I love yeah. a good tenderloin. Uh, we can get a tenderloin, yeah. an organic mm -hmm. tenderloin, mm -hmm. like two inches thick. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. If I, so um, I actually like eating in. I don't mind cooking. I like cooking. Um, it's easier to eat dairy-free, gluten-free if you're at home. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to admit when I go down the menu, the first thing I do is I look for what I can eat first and mm -hmm. then I choose my favorite. Yeah. And, and I don't find that restrictive. Um, maybe it's been because I've been doing it my life, my whole life, mm -hmm. but yeah. Well, I feel like I should have you over and you could bring Brussels sprouts. I, I love Brussels sprouts. Yeah. They're so good. Maybe a big salad. Yeah. Maybe have some steak or some yeah. salmon. <laughs> that sounds great. All right. Um, so other fun question here. Do you have a favorite activity that you like to do, you know, in and around yeah. Spokane? Spokane is great. Uh, great hikes. I love walking by the river. Um, I actually started swimming with the group. Team Blaze, the triathlon group. Really great group. Oh. Fun. I love swimming. Um, I like being outside. Yeah. yeah. I tend to, I have a dog, so I end up walking the dog a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Team Blaze, huh? Team Blaze, yeah. Are you actually training for a triathlon? No, then? no. I just train for fun. I should probably consider doing a short one. Seems, seems like a lot of work. <laughs> um, I, my <laughs> issue is time. Yeah. And I, and this year, my New Year's resolution was to really focus on that sleep. So... Take your own advice, huh? Yeah. 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 So sometimes I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I, I need to get another hour or two of yeah. sleep. Yeah. People ask me if I exercise a lot, I think, because I'm thin. They kind yeah. of assume so. Yeah. It's like, well, no, I mean, I, I, to some extent, I give out a lot of exercises. Mm -hmm. And I feel like mm -hmm. through osmosis, mm -hmm. that actually helps me because I'm telling other people to exercise. Right. So and that's a potential health benefit of my own right there, right? You <laughs> have think, to agree with that. I have, uh, who can't to disagree? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, is there anything that you really want to do in our area that I haven't quite made it around yeah, to yet? I, well, it's not super local, but I haven't been to Glacier yet. Okay. Glacier National Park. I haven't been there. So I'd like to go there. Yeah. I haven't either. Yeah. Glacier's on your list. Glacier's on my list. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hopefully that gives people some other fun ideas besides all the useful ideas we gave yeah. them earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Okay. So, um... We'll just wrap things up then uh, for now with um, if people want to get in touch with you, 
if they want to learn more about you know what it's like to work with you as their physician what's the what's the best way for them to get in touch with you so probably to call our office um 509-263-2130 um i'm a little booked out i apologize i actually have jury duty coming up so that's not helping the booking matters okay <laughs> and then um i have jury duty in march I, I don't know if you're supposed to tell that is that a secret no, you're okay. I okay. Think, I think so. <laughs> we'll see if they choose me. Yeah. And then um, and then we have a Facebook page, Valley Naturopathic and Acupuncture. Our website, we're, we have a website. It's a little dated. We're trying to, um, we're in the process of redoing it. So we'll, that's to be, to be decided or to be continued. Yeah. That's funny. Now that we're, you know, I don't know how many, like 52 minutes into this, I just realized I never even introduced your business name. Oh, so that's here we okay. go. Um, so it's Valley Natural, naturopathic and acupuncture. Yeah. And that second yeah. word, there, acupuncture, that's your sister, right? Yeah, I have. I um, My sister's great, and she came up here just, you know, so we could work together. And so she's an acupuncturist. She just actually had a baby um, early February. So um, we also have a second acupuncturist named Celeste, and Celeste is wonderful too. So we've got two acupuncturists awesome. and me. Yeah. Good deal. Good deal. I'm about to have one of them on the on the show one of these days once we get the ball rolling and stuff. So awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for joining me. I think we'll wrap it up now. So thanks for being on. Well, it's my pleasure. I had fun and hopefully people learned something. I hope hope I, they had fun listening. I think so. I think we covered Good. a lot. So yeah, hopefully they did and maybe we'll get some feedback and you know, people will say how wonderful this show was. First yeah. ever full episode. Excellent, yes. excellent. All right. Well, good. So just to wrap things up for the listeners, um, again, thanks for listening to the first full show. Uh, really um, went a little smoother than I thought it would. Uh, I think it went great. Um, and uh, part of the, you know, the long-term theme of the of the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast is that I'll, I'll be keeping you up to date on future information and events and things like that. I've got some pretty grand views for or where the podcast could go. So if, if that starts to materialize, I'll let people know. Um, so to stay in touch, um, again, I'm not tech savvy, but whether you get this on iTunes or I don't even know anything about Android devices. So however you get the podcast is great. Um, if you're ever looking for all the full episodes, I'll have them um, hosted on a website. So the easiest way to go to that is uh, www.stayhealthyspokane.com and that'll redirect you to the website page. Um, while you're there, you can also sign up to receive emails. So if you want to, you know, get emails about the upcoming events or future things, or if there's any specials or deals that I, that I can come up with, that'll all be on there. So again, I'll post that in the show notes. That's, um, stayhealthyspokane.com. And again, thank you for listening and I'll be back in about a month or so, uh, with another good episode. So that's all for now. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast, sponsored by Gordon Physical Therapy. To stay connected with the Stay Healthy Spokane community, visit www.stayhealthyspokane.com. And we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast. This has been a Humble Pod production. Stay humble.